Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. Pleasure to be with you this week. Through the month of October, we've been celebrating Financial Planning Month, which has been a great opportunity for people to get their finances in order. Give a little thought to what you've accomplished up till this point in your life as far as your finances. And also, because we're in the last quarter of the year, it's really a good time to really get focused on any year-end planning and any goals that you might have set in the earlier part of the year that you really haven't paid close attention to. So with that in mind, our guest today is Sam Soprano, CFP, one of the senior vice presidents and one of my partners over at CNA Financial Group. So Sam, it's a pleasure to have you on the show this week. Welcome. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So, you know, what's interesting is, you know, the Bible tells us to, you know, know the state of your flocks. It tells us to be good stewards of everything that we have in our life. And yet, you know, when it comes down to, you know, when we talk to people about their finances and things that are going on is we're not always as good as we should be. Uh, this is true. <laughs> and, and, it, and, it, and it's, you know, it's a variety of things, and it's because we're human. We're not perfect. And one of the things that I've come up with, you know, as it relates to getting your finances in order, I've always talked about what I call the three R's, which are the critical elements to really saving. And the whole point with saving is, is that, you know, if you don't save, you're basically going to, you know, hope that your financial future at retirement is going to be okay. And the word retirement may never even exist for you. Uh, true. And as we used to tell our softball players, hope is not a plan. It's <laughs> a great point. Hope is not a plan. You know, and e- even with our listeners, and you know, faith is important, but it's one of those of God gave you the ability to, to work. He gave you the ability to do the different things that you have. You have these God-given gifts. The thing is, is again, stewardship. Are you doing, being the best person you could be with these? So when I talk about the three R's, which are critical to success, the three R's are rate of savings, rate of return, rate of distribution. And it's interesting, though, is, is that most people focus on rates of return. They'll think in terms of how much will I get at retirement? What's my rate of distribution going to be? And the challenge that we're really having is in the area of what I call the rate of savings. Which is the most important part of that equation. Exactly. I, I call this like putting gas in the tank, which is if you were, if we're going to drive from here to Florida and I put $2 of gas in the tank, it's just not going to get me there. Right. And most people always want to talk about rates of return, uh, and we, we both know that it's the rate of saving that makes a big difference. It, you know, it's... As you're saying that, Sam, it's like the reason why I think that we do that is because we really look for what I call that quick fix. And the quick fix is it's like somebody that takes a diet pill rather than eating less and moving more. You know, And it's like, well, I could just take a pill and make it work. And in the financial world, when they think of I'm just going to take a pill and make it work, it really means that we're basically going to gamble and speculate with our money in hopes that we're going to hit it right and it's just going to come through at the right time. Yeah, and most people, um, as we know, that's a recipe for failure. Um, the, taking the higher rate of return may require more risk, um, and it typically doesn't work out. And, and you, you are also opening yourself up to what I call the con man, you know, the person that can come along, the Madoffs of the world that says, hey, I can do this, I can right. do that. And even though you know it doesn't sound right, it sounds like pie in the sky, you're hoping that they can do it. Right, which comes back to that plan of hope. <laughs> you got it. And so we say that's really not a plan. So when we're thinking in terms of how to increase the savings rate, the challenge for us is, is you know, we have lifestyle on one side, okay, which mm-hmm. is 
we want to live today, we want to enjoy life today, and we have that whole lifestyle issue. And we know that in order to save for the future, what I'm really doing is I'm deferring enjoyment or spending today for some time in the future. And that's the challenge. That is, because in our society, we are so prone to the quick fix, I want it now, um, you know, instantaneous recognition, um, and so forth. And we, most people have a hard time looking at the future versus what's in it for me today. And when it comes to finances, we know that it's just a recipe for disaster. It's interesting. Um, as you were just saying that, Sam, I thought of a friend of mine. Uh, he had since passed. And what occurred was is that years back he had a friend of his that had a heart attack. And when he went to visit his friend, um, you know, they put him on a special diet. They did all of those different mm-hmm. things and, and a diet regimen. And so the gentleman that I know that, you know, with his friend that had the heart attack looked at it and he said, why don't I change my lifestyle as if I was him and start living as if I had that heart attack right. so that I can maybe avoid the heart attack? Exactly. And so what he did was he started eating right. He started exercising, watching a lot of what he did. The challenge now is, so if I take that and I say, okay, from the health side, that's one perspective. We have a very difficult time doing that from the financial perspective. Mm -hmm. And the lesson may be for a lot of people, and it was interesting, I saw a couple of uh, clients earlier today, and they came in and, you know, we're having a conversation. And so, you know, if someone's fortunate to make $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 a year, it's a lot of money. Right. However, when you project for that person that, even though they may retire with a million dollars, say, and it seems like a lot of money, yeah. that's going to be about fifty thousand dollars a year to live on. Right. It, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't equate to the lifestyle they're accustomed to, which is a problem for most people. And one of the motivators that you know I tried to bring out, I said, you know, I have an interesting um, concept for you. I said, why don't we have you just for one month? Because you're not going to get hurt financially in one month if you do it. Hopefully, you know, if you are, don't do what I'm about to tell you. Live on half your income. Just see what it feels like. Because if you don't like it now, you're certainly not going <laughs> to like it later. That's a good point. And so it's one of those, just for one month, just to see what that's like, so that you understand that at that point, when we understand the significance of it, you can make the changes now or make some changes now in order to improve that situation later. Mm-hmm. And that really becomes the challenge, which is you know, planning is bringing the future to the present so that we can do something about it. And that was a quote by Alan Lakin, who, you know, we have it in our brochure, which is get a feel for what it looks like or what it feels like. Right. Okay, and then you can make a decision about that. It makes perfect sense to me. So as we talk about how to increase the rate of savings, you know, the, the easy one, but not real easy, is if there's opportunities that you can increase your income, that would be the first opportunity for you. Yes. And, and you know, when you get that raise, if you get the raise, you know, live on half and save half. Start something like that. Or increase your your education in order, if that helps you get a promotion at work. Exactly. Um, Create more value. Exactly. Make yourself more valuable and you know, hopefully your income will, will adjust. So, see, I, I always say that the more that you invest in yourself and you look at yourself as your best investment, then your capacity and your capabilities hopefully should increase, which may create more opportunity for you. Correct. Now, some people will listen and go, well, I don't have any more opportunity at where I'm at. But it, 
I would say life is about a series of choices. If I don't like where I'm at, then I need to educate myself or prepare myself in order to move on to something else that I might like more or that I might have more opportunity. Right. But human nature is that we don't like change. Even though the change is positive for us, it's difficult for people to change. And I think once they can overcome that, save, in, in this situation, saving more money would become easier once they accept the fact that I have to change in order to give myself the lifestyle I want to have in the future. Um, so but it's easier said than done. Sam, you, you say something interesting in the, for all of our listeners. You never grow when you're comfortable. That's right. And if you really think about that, whether uh, it's an exercise issue or whether it's a money issue or it's an educational issue, if I just was doing the things that I, left me comfortable, I'm probably not growing. Mm-hmm. So I need to be challenged and I need to really press myself to see what my capabilities are. You know, you think in terms of, you know, um, years ago, you know, the, the guy, I think it was Robert Bannister who ran the first four-minute mile. Right, right. And, and as soon as he did it and proved that it could be done, then there's a lot of people that did it. Right, because they, they saw what was possible. You got it. And so unless we challenge ourselves, we really don't know what's possible. So what I'm going to say is, is don't settle, okay, um, Hey, everything you have is a gift. Make the most of the gift that you have. Right. So with that being said, increase income if possible. Once you've done everything you can there, and by the way, you're never going to do everything you can there, but what you've got to a point that you say, I'm kind of you know at a point where I need to be doing something else rather than just looking to increase income, then I would say that you need to spend time really managing cash flow, which is what you have. Right. And I think most people don't live – and they hate the word budget, but... We call it a spending plan. A spe- it sounds yes, nicer. It does. I like spending plans. Um, but spending less and saving more um, is the way to go. Um, but, again, people have a tendency to you know, spend more than they make. And you have to, as we always say, you have to save 20% of your income. Uh, and if you're saving 3%, you're not going to go from 3 to 20 but, you know, incremental steps to get you there. So some of the incremental steps that you can make by just mm-hmm. tweaking are as follows. So, you know, just kind of looking through these, you know, the first one I would say is eliminate consumer debt or also known as credit card debt right. as soon as possible. That's the ruination of our country. Yes, yes. I, I see people all the time with ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 in credit cards. And the interest rates on them are horrific. It's like legalized loan sharks. It is. It's probably worse. Uh, 29% credit card. I mean, I wish I had a credit card that someone was borrowed that I was getting 29% interest on. Um, you, you mean you as the issuer? As the issuer, exactly, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to have the card. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know many people get 29% on their money. Except the credit card companies. And, and so you know, my advice to people is avoid credit card spending at all costs. At all costs. Unless, and credit card is okay. And people say, yeah, but I need a credit card. What happens if I travel? I'm not saying you shouldn't have a credit card. I'm no. saying that don't have a revolving balance. balance. Yeah, just pay Although, it off at the end of the month. Yeah, and if you're not going to be able to pay it off at the end of the month, then you probably shouldn't be spending it because what you're doing is you're, um, you're financing your future. Exactly. And if you do that for a long period of time, you can't sustain that. Right. And my theory on credit cards is if I can't pay it off, I don't buy it unless it's an emergency. And I'd rather do that than keep money in the bank and and carry a a large balance on my credit card. The money in the bank is my emergency. Well, let's pay off the credit card, 
free up that that cash, and we'll adjust to, you know, when the emergency happens, we, we'll, we'll figure it out then. Great point. And so in just staying with that, you know, some people will say, and I, I've heard other people that are in the financial industry, other radio talk people other than ourselves that say, and pay off your mortgage as fast as possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, emotionally, that may be good for you. Yes. But financially, it might not be the best for you. Not in, th- not in these days, not, not with the rates that are out there now. So let me expand upon that just a little bit. So if someone was able to have a 4% mortgage rate, okay, which is there are 4% right. mortgage rates on 30-year mortgages or whatever the case might be, remember that that mortgage interest is tax deductible. Correct. So if my tax rate is 30%, my net cost of borrowing is 2.8%. And on some mortgages, I've seen three and a half, I've seen three and a quarter. Mm-hmm. That's really inexpensive money. Exactly. The question is, is could you earn more on your money than two and a half or 3%? We would like and, to think so. And if you do a good job, you're working with an advisor, that should be possible. Yes, absolutely. So burying money in the house is not always the best thing to do. I would tell you to look at that. And then beyond that, I would just say is, since we're talking about that, if you have other debt, sometimes consolidating debt to that low rate is a good thing if you don't run the credit up again. Yeah, and the key being not to run the credit up again. And I've said to clients, listen, you know, we'll, we can pay off the $30,000 in the credit cards you know, with a line of credit on the house, but if you're just going to go out and spend 30000 again, then let's not do that because it's, eventually you're going to run out of equity in the house. Well, well, what you're doing is, is you're, you're financing your future. future. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, it's not good. It's very unhealthy sooner later, financially. Sooner or later, you have to pay the price. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we talk about that as a country. I mean, you, you, you know, every time you turn around, somebody's saying, oh, look at the deficit. Look at, look at the national debt. Our government does it on a yeah. long-term basis, and they're financing our debt over a long-term period of time and everything else. Well, us as individuals, we wouldn't be very responsible. We wouldn't be good stewards if we did that with our finances. So uh, yeah. don't do that. So that was, you know, as far as it's for the debt goes. The other things are, I see people all the time that are car poor, house, house poor. Yeah, house poor. Um, which means that we're buying more house than we could really afford. We're buying yeah. more car than we can. And, you know, a recent one I put in there, Sam, you left when you saw it. I call it technology poor, and then I explained <laughs> it. Would you like to expand upon um, that? Yes. Is it, is it really necessary to have a $200 or $250 cable bill every month? Exactly. And every um, time there's a new iPad and you keep yes. adding these things to your computers and you have now all the, of these different yeah. screens in the, front of you, it new, gets expensive. The new iPhone is out. I'm still using iPhone 3. <laughs> I can still make a phone call and take a picture. That's all I need. And, and, and I get I, my email. And I noticed that your calendar worked too, so you're okay yes. there. So I would tell you that you know you don't have to go out and, run and buy the – the latest, the newest, the whatever technology. You know, the carport thing is interesting. I was with a client this week who um, the end of his lease is coming. He has a, a, a Mercedes, and it's costing him $875 a month. And he was so happy that the lease was going to be over because he went and bought a used Saab, and he can drive that. He goes, I can just drive that around. It's, it, it's fine. And now I have $875 to save. I go, ah, smart man. Smart guy. <laughs> See, and, and what's interesting is is a lot of us we go through that fad, right? You know, it's like call it. You know, some people have the perpetual lease. I lease, I lease, I lease, and you know, if you really figure out what that leasing costs you over your lifetime, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I like no car payments, period. <laughs> so, and I, you know, when you think in terms of for our listeners, you know, car poor, you know, if you can get a car, run it for a while, be very efficient. But, hey, God bless you. If, if you've got the opportunity, you've got the cash flow, and you're saving 20% of your income, you're doing really well, and then, you want to do it? Then go right ahead. Exactly. So, And then the other one, just in finishing up, is really house poor, which is don't buy more house than you can afford. Right. And if you're in a house that you can't really afford, scale down a little bit before you have to. Right. Yeah. We see that all the time when you walk in and there's no furniture because they can't afford it. You got it. And then they're living in fear and they're stressed. And, yeah. yeah they're it's not, not a good quality of life. No. So for all of our listeners, you've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. Our guest today, Sam Soprano, CFP, Vice President over at CNA Financial Group. And this has been your host, Frank Congelos. If you have questions, you could write to us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey, 08736, or email us at info at Thank you and have a blessed week.